Hello, my name is Spencer Reed, and welcome to our Random Business Podcast. Today we're doing a special live stream for the Instagram followers, as well as actually recording a podcast. So you guys get to watch the process that we do on a regular basis to perform the recording of this podcast. And I'm your third co-host, Anon. You yeah, forgot yeah. to introduce yourself, Dumbo. <laughs> yeah, introduce yourself. All right, anyway, so today's topic, we're going to be talking about finance. We're going to be talking about all sorts of different things. We're going to be talking about from... Uh, Small, high school, early 20s, you know, tips, tricks, common sense, things we've had in our experience, um, all the way to kind of how the economy is currently dealing with uh, nationwide things that are going on right now. Uh, So I think I'll let you take away with the first bit. Yeah, so I think we're going to start with kind of a financial timeline, and we're going to start around the freshman year of high school, which is generally when people start looking for their first job, and we're just going to kind of start with the basics and move forward. So obviously the first step to finance is to get a job because you yeah. need an income. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. So the first step after you get a job is kind of just, you know, you, you set up your, your bank account. You start learning how to handle money, where it goes, and the process of seeing money inflow and outflow of your bank account. I think that's definitely a first thing is just kind of getting the feel for it, figuring out how to communicate with your bank. I think that's definitely a big first step is just learning the bureaucracy of banks because it's painful. It's a painful process for sure. I would definitely say the first part is getting a job. Um, You want to make sure that it's a job, a part-time job. I mean, a part-time job is a part-time job, right? You know, you're just starting out in high school. But make sure it is something you enjoy um, at least a little bit and make sure it's something steady because that's kind of going to be, I mean, late high school years, early 20s it's going to be real essential to have something that's at least a little bit steady. Plus, it's going to be easier as you try to learn more about finance. Knowing you have a steady income, it'll make you make it easier to learn uh, different things. One of the first things I would encourage, not trying to take this from um, our favorite uh, finance supervisor, finance supervisor, finance, financial advisor, Dave Ramsey, but um, you know, one of the things he recommended was a $500 emergency fund. And I agree with that. Like One of the... It's, it's going to be hard to learn how to manage your money, but once you learn how to save, the managing comes after that. Because knowing that you got that extra bit, it kind of, versus, you know, trying to learn money management and not saving anything, it, it could be a little difficult. I think it's easier to save a little bit first. Absolutely. Um, I mean, to manage money, you have to have money. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind <laughs> so, of an important, important thing. So I was, uh, he recommends 500. 500, I think, is it's a, a good little start. Low. It's, it's a, a good low. start. That's For the first the two idea, years though. or so of high school might be okay but once you get into your your junior and your senior year from my past experiences i think a thousand is definitely a better way to go and then yeah. ideally emergency funds should consist of what is it six months of what you would normally uh, be working? three to six months worth yeah. of your regular expenses that means if you lost all of your income for the next three to six months you'd be able to pay all of your bills including food your housing bill your electrical bill and whatever other expenses you have so that's the basis of an emergency fund is to protect yourself from loss of income. Yeah. And then moving forward from that, so after you've kind of got the, uh, you know, saving, you got that little bit of a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Cushion. Yeah, a little bit of a cushion. between the gears. The uh, the important, (laughs) next important part would be money management. I can't talk. Um, So like as Marcus was saying, you're going to be, you're going to want to, you've got your steady income, right? you're going to want to see where your money is flowing. So if you've got things you gotta pay for, keep track of everything that it is that you're paying for, that's essential, okay? This isn't cons- like this isn't a subscription to Netflix. So, <laughs> so, and, so and, you, and, can't, you can't count that in things that are automatically flowing outwards. You're gonna wanna 
uh, just whatever is essential, and then uh, figure out what money you have left over. Yeah, d d you know, going back to Dave Ramsey, he says the key to financial success is planning. So he recommends you do a monthly budget prior to the start of the month because you know what money is going to be incoming in, and you can adjust to it, but always shoot for the lower amount, especially during hourly jobs. You don't exactly know how much you're going to be earning, you know, two three weeks out in advance. So plan for the low, plan that you're going to work a you know the lesser number of hours. And then base and assign every dollar a place. This is a tedious process, but getting to success is not something that comes by accident. You don't walk into a million dollars. You know, it's like you earn it. You build it up in a foundation, and the key factor to that is planning. So assign every dollar a place. You know what your reoccurring bills are. Watch out for subscriptions because they they'll, they add <laughs> up. especially because yeah. it's automatic. You don't even realize yeah. it's like boop, boop, boop. yeah. So you don't, especially when you're first starting out. You definitely don't want to have anything auto withdrawn from your account. You want to do that hands on because then you feel the the pain of losing that money. And when you feel the pain of losing money, you don't want to spend it as much. So just think about it that way. Like you definitely want to you want to witness the money leaving your hand and not just uh, auto renewals because mm -hmm. those are dangerous. Yeah, and we 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 know that it's actually been scientifically proven that when you're handing over cash versus swiping or inserting a card, your brain registers it as physical pain because the actual finance monetary is leaving your hands. Um, so basically, once you get all the money management down, it's kind of like, okay, I have all my basic essential needs met. Uh, where do I go from there? And, es so, and especially in high school, this is a huge opportunity for you to build a nest egg for yourself prior to starting college. Because you're living with your parents, you know. Yeah, oftentimes you don't have your food bill. You don't. You don't really have anything. So oftentimes people are like, "Oh, a job, freedom, my own money. I can go spend it on Yeezys." <laughs> <laughs> no. Save. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Is like I would, especially like in early high school, save as absolutely much as you can. You don't need to spend more than fifty dollars a month on fun things. It's just not necessary. After that, the experiences get redundant and you start to lose the experience in which you're paying for. Yeah. So so cherish those memories by not having a lot of them. That's definitely something that helped me, especially starting in starting a job and in high school, was to not socialize with money as much. Go to the beach instead of going to a restaurant. Little things like that, it saves you $20 here and there. Yeah. You know? And uh, going off of that, so basically, like that last bit of money that we have left over after you've met mm -hmm. all your needs, um, in my opinion, I'm thinking the way it should be split, and I know you mentioned this before, is uh, only about 10% money of whatever is left over should go towards quote-unquote fun things. So if you're wanting to, you know, go eat some food, go to the bowling alley, play some laser tag, whatever whatever you're doing, you know, hanging out with friends, you really shouldn't be exceeding more than 10% of whatever is left over of what you earned during that week or two weeks or whatever the pay period is. Uh, and then in my opinion, at least 30 more percent, 30% uh, of that should be put into savings, nice little savings, mm -hmm. and 60% should be invested. And this is where it gets tricky because you have to do your research on the investing, but it's not as hard as people think it is. A it, lot of people are scared. They're, they're like, okay, I just work, I just work, I just work. And they just, they put it in savings and it doesn't earn any interest for you. It's not that hard to invest. Like personally, no. I myself, I just bought 60 stocks a couple weeks ago and I'm gonna invest some more. And right now, those stocks are only about a quarter of their 52-week high. Granted, there's a bunch of stuff going on, but eventually those stocks are going to go back up after a couple mm -hmm. of years. So you have to do some research, but it's not as hard as people it's, think it is. It's, it's not. free money for the most part. Like so, If you just play your cards right and you kind of do your research, it's not that bad. No, and the, and the one thing that's 
you know, investing can be extremely complicated. I mean, Wall Street brings the brightest business minds every year out of college, but you don't need to be a brainiac to do it. You just need to understand the basics, understand the scams that do happen, just have an awareness of the stock market and how to read charts and all those things. And you can learn all of that very, very fast. It took me probably about six months to, to come from a complete amateur to someone who understood the stock market. I'm not an expert by any means, but when I see a flow chart or I see a stock chart, I can immediately say, oh, this is what's going on. The, you know, you listen to the news and you hear those things and they do apply to stocks. So for example, I got lucky when I purchased a bunch of AMC movie theater stocks because they, they dropped in value substantially due to the coronavirus. And if they do stay in business, I'm going to earn almost 1,200% return on my original investment. So it's just about being aware from the actual, the news is definitely a good way to get ideas because everything fluctuates the stock market, but just understanding what's going on in the world, understanding how it affects stocks, and it's not very complicated. It just takes a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of studying to do it. I mean, you can attest to that. It's not that yeah. complicated. So, like, personally, what I did is I just went and I set up a uh, TD Ameritrade account. By the way, super easy to set up. It's, like, practically setting up an email in terms of And it's it. free. So we've all done, yeah, and it's free. And we've done multiple of those. So, it's it's not that hard to set up a TD Ameritrade at all. So, you just set up, like, I think I was done in 10 minutes, maybe? Yeah. And like, they, it's not that bad. And they have great resources and videos oh, all yeah. across the website to educate you on that. So, if that's a starting point set up a TD Ameritrade account and just watch and, you know, kind of explore the website and you can kind of see um, different options that you have to purchase and invest between stocks, bonds, CDs, mutual funds. Um, what, what's the other one? It starts with a C. Uh, certificate of deposit? No, I can't. Uh, I can't remember the last one, but there's several different categories to do. And if you do your own research, you guys can come up on that. But they, TD yeah. Ameritrade is a great resource. With yeah. tons of free videos and not a sponsorship, by the way. No, it's not. Just, it's just an absolute great resource yeah. to start doing it. And this this is the turning point for me when it comes to investing. So, uh, bear with me with the numbers. But if you save two thousand dollars every year for a ten year period, from eighteen to twenty eight years old. You'll retire at an average stock market return of 8%. You'll retire with over $5 million. If you wait until you're 35 to start saving, you will never catch up even if you save $2,000 every single year until the time you die. You will never catch up. And this is also really interesting. And I, I always bring this up. So the it's called compounding interest. And I think that's definitely a point which is a starting point to educate yourself on money. But one of the coolest things that I ever heard was if you start with a penny and for 30 days, you're going to double giving someone a penny. So the first day you give one, the second day you give two, the third day you give four, and on and on and on for 30 days, it'll be over $5 million by the end of the month that you're giving to somebody. That's the power of compound interest. And so that's what you're doing, not at an extreme weight, but generally like eight to 10 years, you can double whatever your investments are in the stock market. Yeah. And uh, just going off that, because I, I also like to use my personal experience just because it helps uh, illustrate the point uh, for other people. But like I said, 10 minutes, set up to your trade account. Um, I bought 30 shares of Delta and I want to say 30 shares of BP. Um, and both those are probably at the time I bought them were about a quarter of their 52-week high. So this means within probably about 
two years, I should probably see about a 400% return investment, which is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and Delta pays dividends. And again, going off the whole researching the stock stock market, um, you can re uh, reinvest your dividends into the stock. So yet mm-hmm. another way to grow your money because basically your money's there, it's making money, and they're throwing some extra money on it. So if you reinvest that money, that money earns more money. It's kind of kind of confusing. I'm saying yeah. if you reinvest the dividends. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really not that difficult. Just you know, do your research. Like uh, I was looking at Delta and Southwest. They're both really big competitors. Uh, I'm not sure for those of you know, uh, but there's a company Berkshire Hathaway. They own pretty much every other major company that you've heard of. They're kind of like the the master puppets behind the strings, and they sold some stocks in Southwest and invested some in Delta, which greatly increases Delta's chance of survival. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure they're going to survive in the first place, but it's just like looking at those two factors, knowing that someone who is a billionaire, you know, is switching his stuff. I'm like, okay, you know, maybe I'm going to go <laughs> yeah. with Delta. So it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's really not that bad. Just, you know, you want to save, invest, market your money, manage your money. Yeah. And one thing to do, and this is something that is a personal choice because there's retirement funds like 401ks and IRAs that your money is locked into until you retire. With an IRA, your contributions, meaning money that you put into the account, are you can um, retrieve those out of the account without being penalized. But if you take money out of a 401k, I think it ends up being like a 50% penalty. Yeah. So do if you're if you're saving and investing for college, you want to do it in a way like I'm, I can't remember the name of the account, like what type of account it is, but it's like a personal trade funding account. So you're not actually locking your money into it. So meaning you can retrieve it when you go to college, when you need to buy a car or something. So like if you're investing for a long term, you probably want to go with like an IRA or 401k. But if you're investing short term, you want to go with something more of like a personal, I can't remember the exact term, but it's like a personally operated fund. I can't, I can't. Yeah. And another thing about those accounts is a lot of times places you work for will have those accounts. This is why it's important to read uh, basically the employee guidebook, whatever your company has on everything, because they have so many lucrative pay incentive oh, vacation packages, but almost never, nobody ever takes advantage of them. Cause they're tedious to read. Yeah. They're tedious to read, but like they'll, I mean, sometimes they'll say maybe they'll only match, uh, they'll match whatever you put in for the first X amount of months or whatever, where you work there. Well, they're matching your money that's going into an investment account. That's free money that could oh, be yeah. earning you and, money. And, I, and it ends up being, it's. I think most companies are around like 50% of your income and up to 3% of whatever you put into. But over yeah. the course of a year, it adds up. It adds up a lot. And when if you do like the projections for like a 401k account, for example, at the end of it, it ends up being almost $750,000 more having employer contributions go to the fund. So... It that's three quarters of a million adds, dollars. Guys. It adds up very fast, and that's the benefit of compound interest because every dollar you add is another compounding factor. So just just be aware of that. And I saw this article that made me laugh one time. It said if you invest twenty dollars at eighteen years old and you earn just slightly above uh, average market rate, you'll end up retiring with almost thirty thousand dollars. That puts every single twenty dollar purchase into a perspective. <laughs> yeah, which that's that's another thing I want to uh, go back and touch on is uh, when you're spending money. So, like me personally, if I, I I don't spend a whole lot on myself at all, maybe every month or maybe every two months I'll buy myself thirty or forty dollars of something, whatever it is. Maybe it's a food, maybe it's a game, maybe I'm going out with some friends or something like that. 
um, and you know sometimes I'll use my card, but sometimes I'll also use um, maybe extra cash that I've got lying around. Like I don't factor that into yeah. my income. Like the other day, one of my neighbors he said, "Hey, can you help me haul a washer?" Because um, he had to go pick it up, you know, a couple miles down the road. So I was like, "Okay, use my truck, washer, brought it back, ten bucks." That doesn't really factor into a stable income. So if you got stuff like that, you know, keep a little tuck money in your wallet. If you want to buy yourself some food, you know, buy yourself some food. It's just really important not to go crazy on purchases. If anything, I prefer to just strictly use cash for anything I'm not buying online, just because it's so easy to, and just yeah. keep swiping the card and, and you, you don't, just don't feel pay it. attention. You don't, feel yeah, it. you don't yeah. pay attention. It adds up real fast. So, so. Ju- just protect your money, especially when you're younger, because every time that you're allowed to invest money at a younger age means a lot more compounding and doubles of your actual investment. Yeah. So just plan that's the biggest thing it's just have a mindset of saying where is my where do i want to be in 50 years and i'm going to now act out that lifestyle today because you're the equivalent of every decision you've ever made and so where do you see yourself in 50 years well if you want to be you know uh, a quiet millionaire you have to live that lifestyle right now yeah you have you know it's just plan ahead see a future that you want to live and go after it but Ultimately, your mom's food is cheaper, it's healthier, and it's probably better tasting than a restaurant. So just, yeah. you know, get over the fact it's your mom's food is, yeah. is my point. You know, especially when you're living at home in high school, save, guys. Food is not... <laughs> food is good. I love lie. food. Like, if yeah. I was to go broke on anything, it would be food. Yeah. But it's just, you know, you go out, and you, you go out on a date, for example, and it's like 40 dollars $50. Yeah. You know, and when you're in high school, that's a lot of money. Yeah. And uh, for those of you that could be skeptical of, uh, I know a million dollars sounds like a lot. There could be people, and I'm only bringing this up because, you know, I've thought about it before. I'm like, you know, someone makes a million. That's great. They're retiring. But, you know, they got to live on this generally after retirement for another 20 years because going off average human life expectancy. So people can doubt, like, So that's $50,000 a a year. That's only $50,000 a year for a 20-year period. It's not like a lot. Yeah. And most people are retiring with less than $200,000 in their bank account. I mean, no yeah. offense, your Social Security is not going to cover that. And who knows how much longer that's going to be around. Don't plan on Social Security being your only form of income. Yeah. Make your own income off your money. I, I did the math once, and I, I did a little bit of rounding. But uh, I went off of an 80K job, which is a pretty high-paying job. Um, and that's another thing we'll have to take a look mm-hmm. at. Is, uh, so an 80K job... I, Estimated would take roughly close to about 20 years. The math's not exact on that. I did a little bit of rounding to earn a gross wage of a million dollars total. This is not including any expenses at all. So knowing that from an 80K job, it takes him 20 years to earn a million dollars. Like that kind of puts it into perspective of knowing, okay, hey, I can work. I can pay my expenses. This stuff can earn me a million dollars in the meantime. And, you know, you don't think a million sounds like all that much, but it really is a lot. Oh, yeah. So And, and the average American worker over the course of their working lifetime earns just under $2 million. Yeah. So that, because the average is like, what, 47 years, 45 years, somewhere along that line. Yeah. But that means during that entire lifetime, if you're capable of saving up, you know, a quarter million dollars and investing that over the course of your lifetime, that, that multiplied a few doubles, you'll be sitting just fine. Yeah. But it starts with knowing that it's important to start now. Yeah. Because starting 10 years earlier gets you another double. So think about this, right? If, say, you save 
$500,000 by the time you're 55, okay? If you were to if you were to save that for if you had started to save 10 years earlier, that would have doubled to $1 million in 8 years. And then another 8 years added to that. Now you're at 2 million, and then 4, and then 8. So it's just about as fitting in as many possible doubles into the span of your working lifetime as humanly possible. Because every eight years you do that, you're doubling everything you've saved up to that point. So it's just like get as many years as you can into your investments, and it's a great way to do it for sure. But you just have to you know, be smart, talk to people, gain information, and I would recommend reading several books. I think one book that I would recommend over any other one to kind of get a plan for your financial life in the future is The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. I think it's a fantastic book. I, it puts in perspective how you can be a quiet millionaire with sacrificing very minuscule comparative to what people would say. Debt is the number one killer of dreams in America. So it just, it definitely puts a perspective and at least a blueprint of success for just reading one book. It's not going to tell you how to invest. It's not going to give you all the great details or anything like that. But it gives you a foundation of understanding how to handle money over the course of your lifetime. Yeah. Do you have any good books that you would recommend? Uh, I've read a couple. I like Rich Dad Poor Dad. It's kind of a short book, but it's kind of like a uh, just a basic guide. Uh, I know personally my father, whenever he sees people that are graduating, uh, he'll always mail it out to them. And that kind of brings me to something else I wanted to talk about was when people graduate they overestimate how much they think they're going to earn. So yes. when you graduate high school, even when you graduate college, unless you're like, if you come out with a nursing degree, which you're probably going to come out with a lot of debt for too, I hope not. If you went smart, that's great. Uh, generally, like they'll get jobs straight out of college. But most people, they're lucky, lucky to be earning 20K within the first year or two after they graduate. And Like and you're not going to earn that's that That's very humbling for a lot of graduates because yeah. you don't see that coming. Yeah. So it's like, well, you know, 20K seems like a lot, but you're going to be it's going to be hard to fit in your expenses. If you go off of, uh, I know we were talking about this earlier, uh, or at least around here, an apartment might be around $1,000 um, a month. It's like you got 12 months. It's like 1200 on average. We'll, we'll go around 1000 just to make the math simple because I can't really think that fast. <laughs> well, I could if I wanted to. I just yeah. really like it. But uh, just around 1000 a month, 12 months, that's already $12,000. And you're only earning twenty k a year. So that only leaves you eight thousand. You haven't paid electric. You haven't paid water. You haven't. You don't got food. You haven't paid anything else. So it's one of those things to put in perspective of like if you get in early with being able to manage your money, it's gonna pay off so much later on when you are earning more money and you're out on your own. It's not gonna be a whole lot, but you're gonna have a better perspective going in of what you need to do. And if you're able to manage wisely as you move along in the workforce, you'll earn more money. And it'll it'll be a lot easier for you overall. Agreed. And I, this is something that I think the only time that you should auto withdraw money from your bank account is if you're saving, <laughs> right? So yeah. like I, I I know you've seen the ads around, but like the app called Digit, it auto withdraws money from your bank account. I think it's for less than three dollars a month. And if you're just starting out in money management principles, it's a great app to use. I personally still use it because you know I don't feel like doing all the math in my head. So I just let it do it. You know, it charges me three dollars a month. If you're if you're capable of doing it without it, absolutely go that route. But for me, it auto does it. It withdraws money anytime a bank account gets over a certain amount of money, and it just puts it in. And you would absolutely be surprised at how fast you can save up a thousand dollars. It racks up very fast because you know if your bank account is always at you know an acceptable low level, 
right? But then your savings account within the, the digit within digit is keeping it at that low pace. You'll always strive to earn more money, but you also don't realize how much digit is actually saving you. Yeah. And then you'll go in there and you'll be like, wow, I saved $500, you know? And it's a cool, it's a cool experience to witness that. So I would definitely recommend it as a resource to, to start using if you want to, and it kind of teaches you how to do it too, because you can always do it on your own, but I think Digit is definitely a good app for, for yeah. someone starting out with money management principles. And uh, also for those of you that haven't, if you were laid off or had temporary hours or whatever due to, um, you know, our coronavirus, <laughs> uh, apply for unemployment, it's free money. Even if you think you can make it, apply for unemployment, it's free money. Once again, apply for unemployment, it's free money. I just I just want to put that out there. Um, and that kind of goes, again, back to... I, I didn't want to get too much into Corona, but it does have a lot to do with today's economy right now. It, it really does, um, and, it, and, it, and it's subtle in its ways of doing it, too. It's not very subtle. <laughs> no, it is, because like the stock market is actually... Great time to jump in. No, but the actual stock market is just under what it originally was before the coronavirus started. The difference is is the way that it's being torn down is not is the stocks, which is the main source that people invest in. But there's a like commodities. That was the word I couldn't figure uh, out earlier. But there's a lot of other things that are not sinking right now. Like bonds are really high. The interest rate on them is very high. So it's just kind of like bonds and stocks are kind of the opposite. Hey Nick, what's up? He decided <laughs> to join. Uh, hold on, I'm gonna wait to. All right, there we go. Um, so yeah, it's very important to pay uh, pay attention today to today's uh, current, current events. events. Yeah, uh, coronavirus. You know, personally, I think they should have handled it differently, just because it, it, it's it, people it, don't understand that our economy is a reflection of our health as the human race. Oh yeah, definitely. So if I mean, you, your well living is the economy essentially. Yeah, if I mean, if everyone, if they're not making money, you got more people stuck at home. I know in some places, uh, domestic violence has gone up, and you know people are well, left alone to their yeah boredom. People I, are I, left I, alone to their their thoughts, and it's like that's scary. <laughs> that's scary. Yeah, thoughts are scary. No, uh, but yeah, it's just. I really wish it should have been handled differently because there should have been no reason to shut down the economy. It's it's hurt a lot more people than it's probably helped. Hey, what's up, Jake? Um, Halfway so. through the episode, way to go! <laughs> we're almost done. Uh, yeah, so, you know. I think I think we're almost almost wrap it up here. But uh, yeah, per- personally, I believe they should have done something more like a herd immunity because I'm not sure if you. Uh, yeah, this you is can, something. But like, you can go all the way through that though. Yeah, but, but the circumstances are what they are. You know. Well, there's a there's this uh, there's this website called BitChute, and I encourage you guys to check it out. It's B I T C H U T E, and uh, there's a video on there called Plandemic, and it talks. It, it sounds <laughs> yeah. broad, but they've actually got a lot of real stuff, um, and it talks about basically the whole uh, conspiracy of the whole coronavirus, lots of money payoffs and stuff like that. Um, I don't know where I was going with this. I got a little <laughs> off topic. It, it, but uh, the, the point is, it should have been handled differently. There should have been no reason to shut down our economy. If you let the virus run its course and quarantine those that are not, um, uh, that were more susceptible to it, I think that would have been a better choice. But it does provide you with a great stock, a great opportunity to jump into the stock market. Yeah, because if, if, if it's low, you know, you want to buy low, sell high. Yep. And that's the basis of every single investment, buy low, yeah. sell high. And that's the simplest thing of it. And, you know, that's, it's kind of funny, but when it brings the brightest minds of, the, of, of business to do that, it's a very simple 
simple idea is, you know, buy low, sell high. Yeah. But it's it's a lot more complicated than that. Yeah. I'm gonna wave at Jake here. <laughs> I just gotta wave at everybody. Uh, yeah. So I think we're getting ready to wrap it up here, guys. I know some of y'all joined a little bit late. Uh, but before we sign off, I guess technically, if you guys have any questions about any of our past episodes or any questions now, we would love to hear from you. Um, and again, you can always uh, message our email, randombusiness3156 at gmail.com. Feel free to DM us on Insta, or if you know any of the co-hosts here, you can also talk to us that way. Any questions you have, uh, I would like to get a list of questions going, ideally, uh, so that way we could possibly do a segment on just questions you guys had. Yeah. Uh, if any of you, because I know all of you in the chat right now, um, if any of you want to possibly guest star on an episode, if you want to talk about something, if you got a topic you want to talk about, like you know that's all for it we're just we're just having fun this is a cool thing we're doing and so if you have any input at all just feel free to let us know yeah i mean give us episode suggestions you know if you want to be on the podcast like spencer said reach out to us we'd love to hear from you guys just basic feedback you know things we can improve on and all of that just just talk to us (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's what we're looking for more interaction from the audience so and, um, and we would like to say uh, great thank you for anyone who joined especially the first two people who've been here the whole time, the whole time. <laughs> and i think we're down uh, we're down one now it's probably nick or jake that's in there um but we want to say thank you guys like yeah we appreciate it greatly um it was a little bit of a ramble but i think it was yeah. you know at least i start. think it was informative we tried try to make it a little bit fun not try to get <laughs> too too into details but yeah i mean let us know what you guys think and uh we will see you guys and then you have anything you want to add? I, I was gonna add uh yeah, so if you guys haven't already, just, just one last little thing, sorry. Um, if you haven't uh, subscribed on either Podbean or iTunes or both, ideally, and left a rating or review, that would be awesome just because, you know, that's going to let those companies know that people are actually listening <laughs> to us, believe it or not. Yeah. In, uh, in. And we, you know, follow our Instagram. We're trying to just get more, uh, more you know, community going here and we're going to be coming up with a YouTube and I think a Twitch as well that we're going to start streaming on. Um, but for right now, this is it. We're just kind of trying to work on it. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. You got any questions, anybody, before we uh, before we wrap this up? Yeah, and please share the podcast. It's nothing serious. It's just to have fun and, you know, grow a community of people that are open to share. Yeah, there's nothing more fun than talking about finances. <laughs> well, I, I, think, it, I think we made it fun enough. Plus, it's in, that. It's, I think, I think it, it's important, though. It's an important thing, though. Plus, mm-hmm. I don't think we're, so I don't think we're overly boring. It's not like, <laughs> hello, we're going to talk about finances. <laughs> yeah. You see. Okay, we at least tried to not make it like the super nerdy thing, because we're both, yeah. we're both finance way nerds. Mo- we're way too My degree is in finance, so like. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I'm going into business management, so it's kind of yeah. like, it's up in the air, but we. So if you enjoyed this lecture today, <laughs> this lecture, okay. oh, come on, you gotta catch up on the two new podcast episodes. You got my questions after you watch those. Okay, yeah, just feel free to contact any of us on, on anything that you got. Yeah, and, and please share the Instagram page. Just tag yeah. us in something. We'll shout you out back, but just kind of just like look the at message. these fools if it's anything like that. As long as it gets us views, it's yeah. fine. So. Yeah, That's but, but thank you guys for, for tuning into this. We yep. hope you had fun and was at least a little bit informative, if not entertaining. Yeah, yeah. But we look forward to hearing from you guys in the next one. Peace out. Catch you later.